Awesome. You can't handle the truth. It's about to go off. Live from the WNSR Strike and Spare Studios. Just a bit outside. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. Show me the money! Call now at 615-844-5600. Oh, righty then. Now, the McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin. to you and yes it is time for the McFarland show here on WNSR Darren and Justin alongside for the next two hours here at the strike and spare family fun center studio yes sir Devlin is alongside what's going on doing good man how are you well just watching this Bengals Chiefs line go up and down uh, up you're watching and the line down, huh? up yeah. and down yeah Mahomes is gonna play he's fine well, Everybody's betting on Kansas City. He's not fine. No, he's not. Well, he says he's ready to go. And well, that's sure. fine. Well, yeah. And that's man. fine. What else is he supposed to say? He is. Well, I mean, <laughs> he cannot say anything at all. But he no, is not say saying something. that. So, yeah, I just think it's interesting because I'm just not. I'm just going to be in the school of thought that high ankle sprain. Yeah. It's no joke. It's like turf toe. Oh, I'm sure it's very painful. You don't mess around with yeah, it. It's, it's tough. To, it's bad. It's tough to deal with. Yeah. Eddie George played the turf toe year. Oh as you know. boy, 2001. How'd that work? Oh, wasn't good. Oh, played every game. Was he the same Eddie? Lost no. a little bit there. Lost a little bit. I think it was his lowest numbers, wasn't it? Pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, but it was also the transition year to Steve that year as well. Yeah. That's uh, when Steve McNair really broke out of his shell. So we'll see. Um, Mahomes says he's ready to go, but we'll see how effective he can actually be in that AFC title game that will be held in Kansas City at Arrowhead. Not yes. In, not in Atlanta. No, no, not at the Dome. No, we're going to play it outside on on the grass as uh, as someone intended. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was God, but someone intended for that to be. Someone uh, did intend for that to be, yes. <laughs> well done. Um. They are handing out checks and raises in Knoxville. Maybe we should branch out the show. And have we called Vince? Have we Did thought Vince about get a check? Can uh, no, I don't think so. Vince didn't get a check. Believe me, I would have heard. I would have heard from him. It's <laughs> like you're not going to believe this. He's got UT, a check. UT gave me a raise too. I mean, he does stuff for the Vol Network. So President Boyd's not over there handing out no, checks to Vince. No. Okay. No. May want to check in. You never know. May have your check right there. Well, I'm sure after he's seen all these press releases re- releases and everybody getting paid, the Chancellor, Donde Plowman, announced today that um, she has extended Danny White's contract. Okay. Giving him a big fat raise. All right. Contract extension through, I guess, six six-year rolling term, $2.2 million annually. It's the season. Tis the season. It's, I guess it's everybody. Your, it's your season, man. Look, if it's we're just, gonna keep you brought in Hypel, so hey, he's locked up till twenty twenty nine. Why not? So why not you? Feeling good. You brought him here. We're feeling good. Handing out checks here on Rocky Top, humming all the way. Okay. Well, I was thinking about this today. If you count everything, okay. Is this the best place UT athletics, plural, 
has been in? I can't think of a better time. Between now, there were yeah, yeah, I was gonna say go ahead now. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you know there were obviously times with Pat Summit where the Lady Vols were the cream of the crop. Yeah, she was kind of good. Yep. There were times when the football program was the cream of the crop. Yeah. But all together collectively. Yes. That's a good word in 2023. Collectively. collectively. Yes. Or collectives. Yes. Baseball, arguably the one of the well, not arguably one of the top teams, mm-hmm. programs in the country yes, right now. Certainly in the conference and in the country, no question. Yes. Preseason rank number two. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay, yeah. preseason rank number two. Okay. Preseason rank number two. All right. Of in the top ten, seven of the top ten teams are oh, SEC. You remember? Shocking. Yes. Remember okay. We talked I did about see that. this. Okay. Vanderbilt is top ten. We talked about it on the show. Okay. Gotcha. So you got baseball humming along. They've never real. I mean, they had their their times when they were not to this level. No, not like so. This. Now you've got a baseball program that's one of the top ones in the country. Mm-hmm. A basketball program on the men's side that in the regular season, yeah, they're very very good with I know. really high expectations. With really high expectations, and you know, we'll see if anything changes. We'll it's, see. Yeah, you know, he's called regular season Rick for a reason. So, you know, we'll see if he can get past that Mm-mm. that stigma in the play in the tournament. Yeah. But right now they're a top five team in the country, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Lady Vols rolling, humming right along. Yeah. Got a big tilt tomorrow night against UConn in Knoxville. They've won, what, eight, nine in a row? Yeah. They're, I just. I mean, they're not. I, I just wonder if they can ever get back over the. Well, I don't know. And, and I, I know that's a different conversation. Yeah, I but, and so. I know I've derailed you from where you were going. But no, I just. I don't think we'll ever see that. I don't think we'll ever see that again. I don't think. Okay. I under, I know we're not going to see the dominance again. Like Pat Summit was the best to ever do it. Gotcha. Is it, can we see a flash? Can we see, you know, like, uh, like a year where we can, you know, just kind of break through? Just, you know, so you don't have to sustain it. You know, it doesn't have to be every year like it used to be. But can we just break through for, you know, one or two years there to really, you know, Final Four and championship games and that kind of thing. Well, at least they are much better than they've been. How no, about that's that? true. No, right? there's it, no question it about It looks that. like Kelly Harper right yes. now. Was the right fit. Was finally. the right hire. Yeah. Right? It wasn't working Because they were looking before. for a while, and that yeah. happens. Post-Pat post, uh, Summit, it, it just. It's, it's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard. It's not easy to do. But it looks like, for now, Kelly Harper's a good hire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? I would agree. Then... So you got the men's basketball team, the women's basketball team, the baseball program, the football program just won 11 games. Yeah. I mean, big time th- bowl, be a big time opponent. Yeah, I mean you throw Very all good. that together like that's can you think of a time period when they were all together like I said, basketball Lady Vols may have been better, but how was the men's basketball team? Yeah. Typically, how not was the as good. baseball team? Typically, football not as good. team may have been even better than eleven wins. Yeah, but how was the baseball team? You know what I mean. So, I don't know. I'm not so sure that we can think of since we've been doing this when Tennessee programs have been this good. No, not not collectively all like together this. at the same time. No, not collectively where it's hit so many different places. Uh, no, I, I can't say that. Although, although, there, you know, looking back on it here a little bit, there was a point where Tennessee did win the NCAA, you know, women's basketball championship and the national championship in the same 
you know, 12 months there, uh, the 98 season there uh, when they did that. So, and I know that's not as deep as what you're talking about, but it depends on how you measure the success. So, granted, there's more sports with success, you know, in the programs that you're speaking of, the men's team along with the women's team, along with the baseball team, along with the football team. However, in that 98 season, you had two of those programs actually win the whole thing, not just, you know, kind of good where they're in the mix. No, 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 national champions. And, you know, so it depends on how you want to measure that greatness that you're talking about when everything is this good. I don't know. I'd rather have the chip over everything. So if it means only two programs get the national championship and the other three programs are dumpster fires, I'll take the championship and the banners and the trophy and the rings and the parade and the ceremonies. Yes, give me all that. I think everybody – honestly, I I don't – I can't think of fans that wouldn't wouldn't always go that route, right? Yeah, you give me two of those. Right. And then the other programs have to be – yeah, okay, that's fine with me. Let's do it. Yep. That's – I mean, that's probably the thinking of most, I would think. But – that's not the case right now. I mean, no. They're all very competitive. Very much so. Are any of them championship level? I think right no, now no. the baseball team would be the leader in the clubhouse, right? The closest to what well, we think. You would know more about I mean, that if, than me. But well, you know, I'm just the, saying the if you're sliding team. your chips on, well, I mean, again, I understand yeah. you, will, you will make the case for me with what we see in the regular season, and then I'll come back and say, yeah, but Rick Barnes has decades yeah. and decades oh, yeah. of history of a fouling there. out very early There's in the a tournament. There. There's or a at least not making any deep runs. It's, it's He's undeniable. had one Final Four appearance. It's undeniable. So he doesn't have any championships. So, you know, that's my pushback. No, I get it. Are they good? Yeah. Are they good enough to win it all? Yeah, they are. But, yeah. No, listen. Again, it, when you're called regular season Rick. There's a reason Listen, why you're called regular season Rick. Is he is he is he Dan Reeves and Mar- Le- Marv Levy or is Schottenheimer? He, Schottenheimer's or, another one. Or is he Bill Self and Andy Reid, where you know, eventually they broke through and won the doggone thing. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Schottenheimer should not be in that group. He should be in the second group. Yeah, and and the earlier group. Are you you know Dan Reeves and these guys? I think Dan Reeves went to. Four Super Bowls was it four? I believe the Falcons, the were Falcons, and three two, with the was Broncos. It three of the Broncos, yeah, okay. three in the Bron- with the Broncos in the eighties. Yeah, um, you know, but never won the big one, uh, at least not as the head coach. Yeah, uh, or you know, but Andy Reid, we said the same thing about him. All these conference championship games, conference championship game number nine this weekend, and only one Super Bowl. Uh, Bill Self was in that category for a long time until he finally broke through. Unless, I, unless I'm mistaken, am I thinking somebody else? Uh, it's it's Bill Self there who finally was able to break through and win the thing. So I mean, it it depends. It, it, you know, I, I you would think the more times you go, if you're Rick Barnes, eventually you're gonna get the team and the matchups and everything's gonna line up right for you for you to win these five or six games to become the national champion. Because that's all we're talking about is a run here, a run at the right time. And do you have enough? Do you have enough pieces to make the deep run? We talked about Vanderbilt hosting Kentucky last oh night at Memorial Gym. Oh no boy! Burr, burr, burr. I, I got serious dun, questions dun, about dun, this dun, game. I really burr. do. Listen, help me out with something. How did Kentucky only shoot two free throws the whole game? How did that happen? How you do that? How you play a twenty minute, forty minute basketball game? You shoot two free throws. I don't. I don't. 
the they didn't need to go to the free throw line. <laughs> they were up. They were up double digits the whole game. I mean, I've never. I mean, I've never played on this level. I played a lot of basketball. <laughs> I mean, either you're not playing defense or you're not even trying. You know, to slow them down with the fouls. I mean, it's just a different style. But I've watched the game and I've looked at the box score. And there's two free throws for the whole game for Kentucky. And Vanderbilt, in comparison, I need to look check back now. Vanderbilt from the free throw line. So Vanderbilt shot 12 free throws and Kentucky shot two. What, what is, what do we, I don't understand. Help me understand. If y'all understand, give us a call. 844-5600. I'm just trying to figure that out. I don't understand. Darren, do you understand? Uh, you don't rarely see a team shoot two free throws, but Kentucky was one of two. <laughs> I mean, you accidentally get called for more fouls than that, don't you? One I, would think. I mean, I don't. I, I really question how that happens because that, that would suggest to me that your defensive level, I, I, I don't know. Are you? I mean, I know the, there's such things playing discipline defense where you don't reach and, you know, you – you, you make it harder for guys to get shots and, you know, you're, you're being disciplined on defense. You don't throw up your hands. You don't – I, I got you. But I'm just saying, like, that's – two free throws is – or I guess maybe maybe there were more fouls and the, the ball just went out of bounds. There weren't fouls on the action, uh, the action of, uh, of shooting the ball. So it was just, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, Did I'm, you want – Kentucky to shoot more, they won by 16. Did you want them to shoot more free throws? No, I didn't want them to shoot more free throws. I guess what I'm getting at is if you only have two free throws, that would suggest to me that a lot of your shots were not very contested. Well, they went, They shot 56% from the field. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're shooting lights out. Uh, I mean, you're, you know, you, you got a good shot at winning. You shoot 56% oh, yeah. from the field. And, and, Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt did 30, not shoot 53%. 33%. Yeah, Vanderbilt did not shoot 56%. They did not at home. 32.7 to be exact. Yeah. You, you know, know, I mean, yeah, there's a difference. But, I mean, I, I was really disappointed. I mean, I, it just wasn't a game at all. At all. I mean, the leading score for Vanderbilt is off the bench with 14. Uh, you know, and 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 to Kevin Ingram, who was with us, uh, you know, last week. To his point, they have not been able to find the point production, and he he pointed that out, and he was very emphatic about it, and it is showing itself here uh, that they have not been able to find people who can create their own shots uh, to be able to make up for some of the the point deficit that they have. Clearly, he didn't wear the shoes last night. Apparently, he didn't wear them. No, no. Well, apparently they needed some of that Red Bull they were handing out or the the, the energy drinks. Yeah. yeah maybe maybe should have so. given them to the fans. They should have took them <laughs> took them themselves there. And it looked like a really good crowd. Well, you know, it's On Kentucky. Television, it, so I it know to, I know there's a lot know, of visiting fans in there, but I mean it looked like a good good atmosphere. Good college basketball atmosphere. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just I'm I'm still stuck on a couple of things there. I I just You still stuck on the free throws. The free throws to me and the, you know, just, yeah, let's just call it the free throws. I'm still stuck on two free throws. And I guess I'm old school in my thinking. Like I can almost hear my father, who's, you know, a, a longtime uh, official in TSSAA screaming almost uh, about, you know, do something to try and stop 
the scoring. You know, if that means you you foul somebody, you know, you foul somebody. Make him go, make him earn it. Make him go to the line. Make him do something. Don't your, just let him shoot the ball. Your dad was a TWSAA official here. Yeah, still is. Really? Basketball and baseball. Absolutely. Really? Twenty five years. Yeah. Twenty five years or more now. Almost thirty. Almost thirty okay. years. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Yeah. The b- basketball, baseball, and volleyball. Okay. Yeah. Nice. All right, we'll come back. Bill Keen, get your popcorn ready. Uh-oh. Get some butter. Get that tub of butter. I mean, last couple of installments of Bill Keen, it's like, what? what is going on in college football? <laughs> well, we'll continue that discussion and find out what's the latest yeah. as, as college football turns next here on the McFarland Show, WNSR. Are you tired of your current vehicle? Maybe looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? Hey guys, it's Zach. Hayes Nissan of Rivergate is the best choice for your vehicle needs. Located at 1550 Calton Pike North in Madison, Hayes Nissan of Rivergate has been serving the Middle Tennessee community for over three decades. That gives you confidence that Hayes Nissan of Rivergate can find the perfect vehicle for your lifestyle and your budget. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff will make sure you are taken care of. I should know because I've seen it firsthand. Every vehicle I've purchased has been from Hayes Nissan of Rivergate, and I love the entire process. Now, I don't want you to forget about their award-winning parts and service department. It has everything you need to get you back on the road. Go visit them on the web at NissanofRivergate.com. They're open there 24-7, 365 days a year. Or give them a call at 615-865-7220. Again, that number is 615-865-7220. That's Hayes Nissan of Rivergate, where your dollar always goes farther. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19, those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit givewestwood.org, givewestwood.org. Howdy, folks. I'm back to remind you about the best steakhouse in Music City, Bob's Steak and Chop House, the only place in Middle Tennessee to get a five Wagyu steaks cooked to perfection. And when that special day rolls around to treat that special someone, make your reservation now at Bob's Steak and Chop House. From petite fillets to massive tomahawk ribeyes, when somebody asks where's the beef, you tell them Bob's Steak and Chop House. Make your Valentine's Day reservations now and treat the best in your life with the best in Nashville, Bob's Steak and Chop House at the Omni Nashville Hotel. If you need a staycation or planning a trip to Music City, stay at Bento Living Chestnut Hill. Voted the best boutique hotel in the city by the Nashville scene. Bento Living is located on the edge of bustling downtown and boasts on-site dining, shopping, live entertainment on the rooftop, and free fitness classes. Come experience Nashville like a local. Visit bentochestnuthill.com to book your Music City vacation today. 
Hey guys, it's Zach from the Afternoon Stretch. I want to invite you to T-Line Thursday, January 26th to join Bruno Reagan and myself for our live show. T-Line is located at 106 Duluth Avenue in Nashville and we will be there from 4 to 6 p.m. and you can meet Bruno and me, most importantly me, in person. Come hang out, enjoy the great food, games, and join the fun with us January 26th from 4 to 6 p.m. live from Nashville's first curling venue, T-Line Nashville. Back here on the McFarland Show, Darren and Justin here with you on this Wednesday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a good day to this point. Let's head to the phone lines. Bill Keen is standing by. He joins us every week. Get your popcorn ready. Last week, I mean, you should have seen. Well, you can. You can watch us every day on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. We were just like, I mean, again, I felt like T.O., get your popcorn ready. The, the crazy stuff as college football turns. With Bill Keen, and you can hear him on these airwaves starting at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. Bill, how are we doing? Hey, boys. What's up? You know, I just learned that um, my co-host, the other McFarland, <laughs> Justin, his father has been a TSSAA referee slash official. An umpire, yeah. Doing baseball, basketball, volleyball mm-hmm. for 25-plus years here in the Mid-State. That's correct. Do you think wow. you've ever yelled at him from the stands? <laughs> <laughs> Not football, Bill. He's never done football. Basketball, baseball, do, and volleyball. <laughs> did he do girls basketball? Because my daughter he absolutely to play has. <laughs> yeah, I 100%. might have yelled at him then. He's a point guard, you know. <laughs> If you only had that info before the game, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, good times in Knoxville. It's good to be an AD. It's good to be a, a football coach. Their bank accounts just got bigger. Mm. What do you think about all these extensions and pay raises? Well, for high school, you have to do it. If, if you uh, want to play in this game, which is a very expensive game, you have to pay the price. And there's been schools mentioned with him and even pro – Overtures, not whether that is legit or not with the NFL, probably some of it is floated out there by agents, but still he's going to be a hot commodity. He is a hot commodity and that Oklahoma job might open up. I don't know if he'd take it in a year or two because they fired him. He didn't leave there, but he also won a national championship as a quarterback there, but 9 million is, is the going rate for about what he's doing at a school with the money like Tennessee and, Danny White's presiding over a athletic department that in football, basketball, and baseball, you can't have three simultaneously that good. So he's going to get his two-plus million, too. Look, you can get over your feelings with enough money, you know? Yep. They can do things to get over your feelings. That's true. Yeah, and Bob Stoops is the one that fired him. and Bob's Now, Bob's very powerful there, but technically he's not working there. Yeah. I just asked because I agree with you. I mean, look, things are good, but the three of us have been, you know, especially you, Bill, you've been covering the UT program. Look, they, they've been handing out a lot of contract extensions and pay raises here with this last bas- batch of coaches when everything felt good, and that really reared its ugly head and burned them. Oh, they probably are among the leaders – when it comes to paying people not to coach for yeah. a long time, right? That, yeah. that number 
I've I've looked I've played with it before, but it's it's twenty, thirty, four. It's a lot of millions that they've paid people not to coach there. But it looks like they got everything aligned pretty good right now. You know, I've been asking about the Alabama coordinator situation. So yeah. let's start with the news that we did talk about last week when E. Golding left. You said he had a house in Mississippi. He's going to Ole Miss. Now they turn their attentions of who's going to replace him. You brought up Jeremy Pruitt. And I will just tell you what I'm hearing, and then your sources and your, the people you talk to are probably better than mine. And you can tell me if I'm getting good info, bad info. I'm hearing the NCAA isn't exactly um, ready to stand up and, and jump hoops to go tell Jeremy Pruitt, like, you're clear, you're good. And so there may be a, a still a black cloud over him and a stigma when it comes to the NCAA. If that is true, is that enough to keep Nick Saban away from that situation? It does run hot and cold. I think you're getting good information. That thing changes maybe daily. And I'm even hearing they may hire him as an analyst, let him sit there and marinate a couple of years, and then give him the coordinator job. Look, let's face it, you could hire him, not call him the coordinator, have him as a not-on-the-field analyst, and he's still over there as a major part of the brain trust when it comes to the defense. There's a lot of ways around that, but you are correct. I don't think that one is a given. About a couple of weeks ago, there were moments where I thought it was, but I don't think it is now, at least at the moment. So if it is enough to keep little Nicky away from Jeremy, at least naming him the D.C., who do you think ultimately is going to get that job? Well, Glenn Schumann, is at Georgia. He's a young kid, and in that world, he's young. He's 32. He didn't play college ball. Out of high school, he went to Alabama and immediately started working for Nick in the athletic department, just literally probably going and getting coffee when he was a freshman. Now he is one of the hotshot defensive coordinators in all of college ball, and he's not going to be around as a coordinator long at Georgia or wherever. And he's got that background at Alabama, Watch out for he, him. He and Will Muschamp are the co-defensive coordinators there. We mentioned earlier Todd Grantham is there as an analyst. That's not a popular one, but his name keeps coming up. Jeremy Pruitt's name keeps coming up. And uh, maybe Jim Leonard, who did a fantastic job at Wisconsin. Remember, they made him interim. They didn't keep him. And uh, there was talk that maybe he would stay up there with Luke Fickle. He's not. Jim Leonard is a hot shot coordinator his side of the ball wasn't a problem at wisconsin that name comes up so that's that's a few to chew on and and let me let me also say this nick is not in any rush now he may announce something soon but this thing if it went into february or something he doesn't care it's it's his his, i mean everything is his right getting a player is not predicated on him going and finding a coordinator he's not in any rush yeah, I mean, especially that's, you know, side of the ball. So, yeah, no Correct. question. And same same with Belichick, right? Uh, you know, he didn't care who right. ultimately has the title because his hands are going to be all over the defense. No question. Um, offense. So, sure enough, you know, I've been, I was telling you, I keep seeing Bill O'Brien back to the NFL. Well, sure enough, speaking of Belichick, he is yeah. back for another stint with the Patriots. That leaves – the OC position wide open. There's a lot of interesting names floating out there. What do you, which one of them do you believe? Don't think there's a leader in the clubhouse. Mm. Jeff Levy 
who is at Oklahoma, joined that staff, Coach Venables, when he got hired a year ago. He'd been at Ole Miss, and he also has a background with Josh Heupel. His name is mentioned. Now, he's an Oklahoma guy, so I don't, I don't know whether or not he would take debate, but he might. Alabama, one good year at Alabama, and you're a head coach probably, right? Oklahoma's not going so well right now. His name, excuse me, Charlie Weiss Jr., who's at Ole Miss, that name's out there. I don't know how legit he would be for that position, but there is a relationship there. So there's another name for you. And just a there's a smattering of other names that are out there. And I'm not sure. I just don't think he wants to go with some gunslinger. I think I think they want to recapture their physicality. Doesn't mean they'll run a completely different offense at all. But I do think he feels like within the last four years or so, even with the national championship, they've lost their toughness. And I bet you the new guy is certainly going to throw the ball too, but it's going to be a tough guy kind of thing. You know, one of those reclamation projects that I heard today, which did kind of crack me up, but you can't really laugh at this because, um, you know, it's real. I mean, he does do this stuff. Uh, Scott Frost, that was the first time I had heard that. Any legitimacy at all? To I wouldn't wouldn't think so. Okay. Scott Frost, and I, I'm he confuses the heck out of me. I don't know why you get to Nebraska and you play like you're playing, you know, West Coast ball at 1 a.m. on Sunday morning, and the score is 58 to 54. I mean, that's not Nebraska, and that's what he went out there to do. Now, other than his time at Nebraska as a quarterback, and he was a tough guy, coach. Tom Osborne quarterback. Well, they played tough guy ball. His his coaching upbringing, though, was Oregon with Chip Kelly before he got the UCF job. And obviously that worked there at UCF, but it didn't work at Nebraska. I just don't think that style at all plays into what Nick wants to do. Bill Keen on the line with us. Yeah, extra butter, please. Yeah, hold on. T- tell us about this Kendall Bryle situation. Like, I, I'm just going to sit back and – I can't wait. Uh, t- this is this is juicy. Get, give us the lowdown on Kendall Bryles. Now, what I'm trying. What, which angles are you looking? What for did, did I mean? He's been playing like all these different chips, right? And he's been playing kind of a chess game, and then he just bolted to TCU, didn't he? He did. Um, Arkansas this year, there were a lot of expectations. Wasn't he flirting with Mississippi State, Bill? And then Arkansas was like, hey, I want to keep you. I love you and give you a raise. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to TCU. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. I I think the Mississippi State thing was just put the name out there. I don't think that was legit. I I don't think so. But Nebraska, K.J. Jefferson, who's a really good quarterback, just couldn't stay healthy this year. And not only that, but their defense fell to pieces. And, again, that's not Kendall Bryles' problem, that side of the ball. But I think he thinks that being under Coach Dykes, who likes to completely stuff a stat sheet and chuck the ball all over the place and run it up and down the field, he thinks he can get his hands on that for a year and then take the next step. That's the calculation here. That's a much more sexy offense to run than it is at Arkansas. And I don't think it was about the money. I mean, he's going to get paid well either way. I think it's, what's my fastest step to be the guy in the main office? And I think he thinks that this is the way to go, which I think he's probably making the right calculation. Bill, I lean on you because I've got two issues I want to ask you about, and I hope I've got time to get to both of them. 
And again, I respect you deeply, sir. You know more about college football than anybody I know. I'm going to start with Bethune-Cookman, the more serious one here. And I know you've seen some of the drama surrounding Ed Reed and that whole episode. And I don't even want to get into that, Bill. I really don't. What I want, what I do want to ask, though, is the reports down there and now the footage that has come out of players sharing helmets on a Division I football team where guys are running to the sideline, yanking off their helmets and handing them to other players so they can go into the game because they don't have enough helmets to go around for the entire team. Bill, what, 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 what are we talking about, Bill? By the way, did Ed ever visit them before he took the job? There's a whole list. I mean, the the, the dorms, the helmets. Reggie Theus, the AD, says that he did go down there and visit. That's what Reggie Theus says. But I don't want to, again, I don't want to get into the he said, she said. I've seen the footage, Bill. It's on there. I've seen the footage. It's online. There are players waiting for other players to come off the field so they can grab their helmet and put it on and go into a game. Bill, what are we talking about, man? I know. Yeah. It's, how is it's, that? How do you allow that? Like, what? What are we talking about? Well, and again, Ed, I think had he felt like at least he had assurances that we would get by this. We would facilitate the things we need to get better and be better and and build the program like he wanted it. And obviously, it broke to pieces. And it didn't hurt that he had Dion sitting there with him too. You saw that press conference where I that did. one guy pulled up Dion. Yeah, Dion started talking during that finale. So, wow, that was something else. Bill, even at the smallest of small schools, though, Bill, they're not yeah. sharing helmets, are they? I mean, I mean, is this this is high? Is it? Am I overblowing this? Does this happen more than I think? And I just don't know. No, I don't think it does, but it can. One thing that happened to Butch Davis when he was down there at uh, FAU, and they were going to run him out, but he was running into stuff like that too. I've heard about it where either the finances are just not there or they're cheap or whatever it might be. But, no, it's very uncommon. No, you, you don't hear about that much. Okay. I mean, I know they don't have a practice facility and all that kind of thing. And, but, sure. and helmets are expensive. I looked it up. Helmets go anywhere between 300 to $1,500, you know, for a helmet, according to several uh, things I've seen online. But I just found that to be – I just yeah. almost couldn't believe that. And these guys are going out and playing Division One. This is not division. They're playing division one football against big boys, and they're waiting for him. I can't even. Okay, Bill, let's move uh-huh. on to Michigan. I'm going to move on to Michigan. Bill, since last time we've spoken to you, Michigan has fired Matt Weiss. One of their running backs has reported his Camaro is missing, and then they reported that they're going to remove 45 seats to widen the tunnel in light of what's happened between the players in the tunnel there. What is happening at Michigan, Bill? What what? What is going on? All right, Blake Corum, who had a fantastic year before he blew his knee the week before the Ohio State game, is coming back. And out of high school's parents bought him a camouflage, yes, Camaro, that he loves. And the other day, and I don't know how, I don't know if he left the skis in there, they hotwired it, but somebody drove over that car, and he also had his All-American helmet in there. That was, that was a treasure for him. 
Mm. And I, I would assume guys that things are already in, in the chop shop and already been sent out wherever it's supposed to go right now. <laughs> so yes, that happened. Weiss has been fired. Um, there's some vicious rumors about what he was doing there that I just ask people, if you really want to know, just, just pull up his name and then follow some timeline and it'll be mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, um, that tunnel now, now that tunnel where there was the fight earlier, that's been a problem for years. And it's it's one of those deals, it's tight in there, and a lot of times, even though the teams are supposed to go in there, let's say at halftime separately, they yeah. get in there together and then it, it, there's been a million fights in that tunnel, guys. All right? Mm. I'm telling you. And the most recent one got all the publicity. That has been a problem. Whoever goes in there to Ann Arbor forever and widening that thing, I mean, I guess it's better than the way it is. <laughs> they're, they're taking out 45 seats to widen it, apparently, up but, there. Yes, go, go ahead, how Bill. how dumb this is. You, you, you're playing football, so you, you are not thinking as a human being when you're playing football. It's halftime, or it could be after the game, and you're still wired. You're, you're out of your mind wired, right? And now you're yeah. shoving everybody in there together. That's just a disaster. Is it the same way at Vanderbilt, right? I mean, we, Darren and I talked about that first show, you know, covering the NFL at Vanderbilt, and all the players are crammed together in that tunnel there in the end zone. Yeah, but, I mean, but nobody fights at Vanderbilt, so that's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They're exchanging SAT scores there in that hallway is what they're doing, that tunnel. So it's not quite as deep there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You know, the, the stakes aren't quite as high uh, there at Vanderbilt. Uh, they're in that particular tunnel. Okay. Well, well, fair enough, Bill. Uh, l- last but not least, uh, for me anyway, the um, the the NFL uh, ratings came out for their football, their playoff game. Uh, Kansas City and Jacksonville got incredibly high ratings. Darren put out the uh, thirty-four point three. Million viewers. There you Saturday go. afternoon game. Bill, when wow. college football sees numbers like that, is this part of them continuing to expand and want to go to 12 and all this other stuff because they're trying to maybe match some of those numbers there that, that they know they might be able to get uh, when they see the NFL do things like this? I mean, that would be – Incredible! I don't think anything like that's achievable. And again, you know me; I'm I'm pure college high yes, school sir. guy, college guy. But no, no, no. I don't think that. I think it's just purely the TV relationships. What they're going to do when they negotiate this next deal that's coming up very soon is instead of ESPN controlling all the inventory, they're going to do like the Big Ten did, and you're going to have NBC as part of it, the playoffs. You're going to have CBS. You're going to have Fox. You're going to have ESPN. You're going to have Big Tech in there fighting you, too, which Big Tech has unlimited money. That's where they're at. That's exactly what they're doing. It's going to be multi-tiered with these relationships, and the money is going to be astronomical. That's all they're thinking about. Hmm. Bill, have you ever been overpaid a million bucks? (sighs) Uh, Wow. You you actually have to think about this? Man, I would have been on the floor laughing if somebody asked me. Wow. I I just saw the story. See, the Pac-12, we'll talk about that another time. They they found out from an audit six years ago that they were overpaid $50 million by Comcast. And now I see this Brian Kelly thing. 
But it, we'll, we don't have enough time, I'm sure, on the Pac-12 thing. But you're talking about a juicy story. We'll get into that. Oh, we got to let's put that down in the okay. notes. More popcorn. Yeah. Fifty million overpaid. Jeez. Okay, well, we got to get into that. And seven years, seven years ago. Woo, man. And, okay. And 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 it's just now coming back, and it was audited seven years ago, and somehow it stayed quiet. Man. I just, okay. I just would like well, to do the do the math on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, a yeah. that is quite the clerical yes, error. Yes, it is. <laughs> add a one or a bad accounting. Yeah. I mean, add a d- one, d- add d- a zero. D- we think it's Comcast. So here's my question: Is Comcast just so filthy rich that it really didn't matter? Well, no wonder my rates are ridiculous. I mean, I'm trying to make up for it, and they won't let you cancel. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can't True. talk to anybody. Even, even when you want you to, talk you to can't them. get through to anybody. It's like, nah, nah, I don't think so. Nah, nah, you just press one. Just keep pressing one. We're not going to talk to you. and we'll see. <laughs> Bill, really appreciate the time as always. Okay, Thank talk you, to you guys. next week. Thanks, Bill. Bill Keene, you can listen to him tomorrow morning starting at 6 o'clock. Wide open the rest of the hour, 615-844-5600. Your phone calls and more discussions next here on The McFarland Show. Nashville's first curling venue is here at T-Line Nashville. Come check out T-Line Nashville and experience the world's fastest growing winter sport today. Curling is a fun and simple sport that's a perfect outing for friends, corporate events, families, or parties. T-Line also has classic bowling and modern bowling mini games. With over 20 HD TVs, you can come watch your favorite teams and some of the best food and drinks here in Nashville in the large bar and grill area. They also have an outdoor area with a fire pit and you can't forget the live music. T-Line Nashville is a one-stop shop for a great night out. Located at 106 Duluth Avenue and online at tlinenash.com. You can book your party now or give them a call at 615-439-1024. That's 615-439-1024. And make sure you give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at T-Line Nash for all the news, events, and updates. T-Line Nashville. Nashville's first curling venue is here. Attention. If you owe back taxes to the IRS, this message is for you. Congress has passed $80 billion in funding to more than double the size of the IRS. 87,000 new IRS employees means more audits, collections, and penalties. This will make the IRS larger than the Pentagon, State Department, FBI, and Border Control combined. Now is the time to call Civic Tax Relief. I owe the IRS $37,000. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time every Everything was completed. I didn't know the IRS anything. Their tax resolution specialists can stop the IRS from taking money out of your paycheck. With Civic Tax Relief, they were able to save me upwards of $80,000 that I would have had to pay. For your free tax relief information, call now. 800-841-0908. 800-841-0908. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. 800-841-0908. Golfers, tee it up this Thursday through Sunday at Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the Callaway Fitting Event and be the first to score the new Paradigm Woods and Irons. The woods are engineered with forged carbon to maximize distance and forgiveness. The irons feature a forged face for increased launch speed and spin. A new paradigm in performance. Go to WorldwideGolfShops.com and reserve your free custom fitting experience happening this Thursday through Sunday. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Your exclusive national sports radio, WNSR, Sky Scan forecast is a wind advisor till 3 p.m. 
Today's showers moving away remains mostly cloudy. Temperatures fall into the 40s. Winds gust into 40 miles per hour. Maybe a shower tonight, otherwise cloudy, the low 32. Utilizing the resources of the Motherbug Network on National Sports Radio, I'm WNSR's meteorologist, Jim Rinaldi. Sports Radio, WNSR. Eight four four fifty six hundred is how you get in touch with us. We'll talk to Alex Doherty from A to Z Sports. Talk a little Preds with him to begin the second hour of the McFarland Show. Good stuff from Bill Keen. Remember, check out his show, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, here on these airwaves. Let's go to the phones. Tony is hanging out in windy Nolansville. Tony, what's up? Good afternoon, gentlemen. And it is a little breezy here. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, y'all touching on the UT stuff. I went to see my doctor this morning mm-hmm. on a weekly visit that I have to go to. I've talked to y'all about my football injury that happened years ago that still bugs me and comes back on me. And as I was talking to him, I said, I want to tell you something. I'm jealous of you right now. I despise you and all your UT fans. And he said, why? And I said, well, right now, and I went through the list like y'all just did. I said, y'all really got it going on. And I said, just a little jealous of you right now. He said, well, Tony, let's put things in perspective. Let's back up 13 years, the last 13 years. Rarely have we ever been relevant in baseball. We went through a debacle in a number of football coaches where Vanderbilt beat, you know, beat them, what, five out of seven years. He said, we've had the issues with basketball coaches over the years. He said, it's just our time for the good things to happen. And that really kind of put things in perspective. Don't y'all agree things uh, run in cycles like yeah. that? Let me just tell you something. UT Athletics has provided endless material for me over the years on sports talk radio (laughs) do i agree with you yes they've been a splatter show for almost 15 years yeah yeah that what what was said to you was 100 percent true and and it was it was pretty accurate and and he said he said i'm just trying to he said you know a lot of coaches always talk about staying in the middle and he said that's what I'm trying to do as a fan right now. Not get real high. He said, I'm happy as hell. But I also know it could come crashing down at any time, too. So it was pretty good on that. Look, my so, uh, wife just came out last February 2nd and saw her shadow, her UT shadow. She'd been underground for years, okay, as an alumnus, okay? We never talk sports in our house. We've been together almost 18 years. Now, all of a sudden, she wants to talk about UT sports again. So, you, to answer your question, yeah. Yeah, she's, she was like a groundhog. She was way deep burled down in the ground for a long time. That's funny. That's pretty good. Thank you, Dan. That's, that's a good laugh for the day. Um, Justin, yes, you sir. brought up something to Bill King I wanted to talk to y'all about. And because it stayed under the radar is that story that's going on with Ed Reed and Bethune-Cookman. It is, it, it's an ugly story on all accounts. I've kept up with it, and it's just, you know, it's just an ugly story. And if people don't understand what we might be talking about, they ought to go back and research it and look at it. Uh, I just can't believe a program is under those circumstances. And then he, Ed Reed, comes out and blasts them the way he did, which he shouldn't have done, and for him to only be a head coach, 
one report I read was only 25 days, and it's crazy. What? Tony, te- that? Tony, technically, he was never the head coach because they never ratified his contract. The contract was oh, never signed. Wow. He was never sworn in, he Justin. Was ne- he, he was Darren never sworn he was in. never sworn in. Uh, th- there was no contract ever executed, Tony. So technically, technically, he was never actually the head coach of the team ever. Uh, they agreed verbally. Which makes it even more crazy. <laughs> it, it, it it does, doesn't it? It does, Tony. Uh, and what I didn't, the things I've been finding out. And listen, Tony, you know, you know what I do in my morning job. I, I'm a journalist, man. I only try to talk about things that I can I can verify to be true. I've seen the videos now. Of them sharing helmets, Tony, and for me, sharing helmets on a Division One level in 2022 is just unbelievable to me that we are out here playing. In some cases, and I haven't looked at Bethune's schedule from last year, but they typically play a money game once a year, which means they're playing somebody from the ACC or the SEC or the Big Ten, and we're sharing helmets. I mean, I, I, that I don't raises know. raises even more questions, Justin. That raises even more questions. Where's your budget going? Where's your money? Where's the budget? Where's alumni to maybe help step in? Well, all that's off. a mess, too, Tony. All that's a mess, too. Yeah, and here's the really other not. issue. Tony, they're a private school. They're not state-funded. So a lot of the information right. that you're asking about doesn't have to be available. Nobody appoints their board. The board basically appoints themselves. And... You know, and, and and what I'm looking at, and and this is a larger conversation here uh, for both of you gentlemen, is we used to have governing bodies <laughs> who could come in and say, okay, you see all this here? This doesn't work for us. Whether it's the SWAC or the NCAA, they can come in and go, okay, listen, we have standards. Your house is not in order, and this is not okay. Yeah, and 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 until you yeah. guys get okay, either we're gonna make it okay ourselves. Or you guys aren't going to be able to participate in the thing that we've got going on. And that no longer seems to be the case. So, yes, Bethune-Cookman's got its own issues. I'm not dismissing them whatsoever. I'm just saying there used to be, 10, 15, 20 years ago, there used to be a governing body who could step in and do something about this. And we haven't heard a word about that from either the SWAC commissioner or the NCAA commissioner about standards and practices, about what is and what is not okay for certain levels of football. And we haven't even talked about the dormitories. The we haven't dorms. even talked about, oh, I'm just talking about uh, what is the on-the-field stuff. What is it, Justin, 30 k a year to go there? Yeah. 30000 a year to stay in a rat hole? Bad, I mean, awful, it's bad. Really bad. I, 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 I've got nothing for it. I really don't. I've got no – uh, I'm just so irritated by the whole thing uh, that it, it would get to this story point. all the way around. Ugly story. Yeah, it bad. really is. Uh, one last thing, Darren. I've got to take an exception with you a little bit on the Vandy-Kentucky game last night. Yep. I thought it was a good, spirited game all the way up, I'll say, to halftime. I just think in the, they got into the first part of the second half. I thought Vandy took uh, – uh, Duty, I just saw took two wild, crazy shots, two threes, and they wasn't even close. I thought Kentucky at that point busted it open, and when it went to the nine-point mark, 11 points, I think at that point is um, uh, when the game really separated itself. 
as far as Vandy having a chance. Definitely the last 10 minutes was all blue. Oh, it so, was, yeah. It was, they were, but the, I thought it was Vandy was lifeless at game. the end. I, I just, I think, considering our conversation yesterday, Tony, I think I was just expecting a much closer a game. Yeah, and I, I agree. clearly I need to stop weighing in on Kentucky basketball because I, I said they were not, I laughed uh, mm-hmm. that they were going to beat Tennessee and Knoxville, and they did. I thought last night's game was going to be a real close, tight, contested, fun college basketball game. And, you know, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I just didn't expect it to be, you know, I, I just I thought, just never I felt like Vandy was ever going to win. I never right. felt like they were in danger of winning that game. And the guys, last, the latest I've been getting off here and I went up against the break, that car that was stolen in Michigan, that football star's car, they're not going to find it. Because it's camouflage. It's just, there you it's go. Just be it. There you go. There's the answer. <laughs> there you go, Tony. Right. Can't find it. But. Appreciate it, Tony. I never know when my wife guys. is listening when she's got meetings, but I did receive a message from her that I will not repeat on the air, but she was listening. She apparently didn't find it as and, funny as I did. Well, you, you better know where the fast food restaurants are tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well said, See Tony. You Thank you. See you, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, you got to be careful. I mean, you know this. You've been on the air long enough. You you know what you sh- should and should not say uh, about your significant other while on television. Uh, television, excuse me. While on radio, while live in the air. Look, I'm going to be a Brewhouse 100 in Cool – or not well, Brewhouse 100, sorry. Brewhouse South, excuse me. Wrong Brewhouse location. South. Okay. Cool Springs doing a Predators player show. So I'm going to eat there, man. I'm not worried there. about not dinner worried tonight. About okay. My dinner's taken care of. She know how to change locks? Is she good? Pro- yeah, she's, she's, she's much handier. She's handier than me. Hey, if somebody could change the locks, it's her. It's not me. She should be the one throwing the barbs. Should, I can't do anything about it. Shouldn't be that deep. I can't cook. And I can't change the locks. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, it's sad. It's you sad but the, true. You know what the dynamics are. She's way more handy than me. Okay, then you know I might I might be careful what I say about her then. <laughs> You know, somebody like that, I might just, you know, hold it together with, uh, you know, what you're saying. Me, I'm like freaking tool time. You never know. If I can start touching things, I might blow something up. Okay. I, you know, I'm yeah. just not, it's just not my thing. Okay. Well, that's fair. You know, everybody's got their strengths and weaknesses. Not, that is not my it's strength. Okay. Everybody knows what they're rolling with the relationship. I have always is. said that I try to work hard and bust my butt so I can pay other people to do that stuff. No, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, you know. Everybody's got their creed. I can't fix my car. No. Can't fix things in the house. Yeah. Used to mow the grass. Don't want to do that anymore. Not that you can't. You don't want to. I don't want to. You don't want to mow the grass. That one I don't want to do. Okay, you just don't want to mow the grass. I don't want to get a weed eater out. I don't want to mow the grass anymore. It's not fun. You know, I just let some crew come whip it out and. 20 minutes and be on their way. Be done. Be, you know, they got a couple dudes. And Just it's walk gone. out there and be like, man, looks All better. Right. Hey, guys. Good job, guys. Great. Here's Get that blower out. Yeah. There you go. And, we're, and it's over. Appreciate it. I think your phone's blowing up again. See in about 10. Yeah, I know. I'm not even going to look at it. Okay. I'm yeah. just saying. You know. I, know. I know where that's if you, coming If you from. need to get that, you know, I, can I understand. Fe- I, I can, can feel my phone. <laughs> I can feel it. And you're, and it's not in your pocket. <laughs> it is not in my pocket. <laughs> you can feel it. I can Feel those texts. Feel messages. the power coming through. <laughs> it's like thunder all of a sudden. Like, what is that? It's my phone. It's just lit up. Yeah. See? I look, I just I'm glad Tony enjoyed. I just never thought Vanderbilt was in in, you know, any danger of winning that game. And I was a little disappointed about it. No, that. no, Vanderbilt 
So that that's why I <sighs> said it wasn't, you know, if he enjoyed it. Look, and, I, and I'm toggling back and forth. I, I mean, I'm watching the Preds game, too. You know, I got I got Preds, Winnipeg, Kentucky, Vandy. So, I'm, you know, I'm I'm trying to multitask. I mean, they just don't have the players. I mean, it, to, to me, it's relatively, what are we, 20 games in now? I mean, we, you know, I think they're 10 and 10. They're 10 and 10, yeah. And I, I think we kind of know what they are at this point. I mean, one, they, they, they one would a, suspect you, you kind of are, you know, at this point, 20 yeah, games in. In the college basketball season, you know, they're not playing 82 games, you know. No, <laughs> so no. we, we kind of know where, where we are here at this point with them. So, I mean, they just don't have the players, and, you know, that happens. Speaking of 82 games, the Predators do play 82 games in the regular season. We'll talk about their big win last night, another big one before the break tomorrow night at Bridgestone Arena. We'll bring in Alex Doherty to kick off the second hour. That's coming up next here on the McFarland Show. News, I'm Morgan Norwood. After Florida blocked the teaching of an advanced placement African-American studies class in high schools, civil rights attorney Ben Crump announced he's filing a lawsuit against the state. Crump appeared in Tallahassee with three high school students who would be eligible for the AP course. These three young people will be the lead plaintiffs in a historic lawsuit. Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis supported the decision by the state education department to reject the course, claiming it has no educational value. Ukraine is getting 31 Abrams tanks from the U.S. and dozens more tanks from key allies, including Germany, to help fight Russia's ground attacks. Vice President Harris will be in California today, meeting with the victims and families of the Monterey Park mass shooting. In Northern California, the suspect in the Half Moon Bay mass shooting will make his first court appearance. This is ABC News. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie-cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie-cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Are you looking for a trusted partner who knows AT&T business inside and out? ABS Communications is an organization built on the premise that telecom solutions and working with companies like AT&T can often be complicated and the customer needs someone to help them navigate through these complexities. They make complex simple. Whether it's helping maintain, manage, or secure your business, ABS Communications is here to help all your business telecom and mobility needs. Their business was built with the goal of simplifying the process 
process of connectivity for the customer and establishing a long-term relationship of trust through transparency and accountability. ABS Communications is a top five AT&T authorized agent with over 200 years of AT&T technical experience. You can call Mark and the gang at 615-349-8588 or you can visit their website at abscomcomm.net. And remember, mention the McFarland Show to ABS and you could get up to $250 in a Visa gift card for new ABS business customers. You can't handle the truth. It's about to go off. Live from the WNSR Strike and Spare Studios. Just a bit outside. Now back to the McFarland Show with Darren McFarland and Fox 17's Justin McFarland. Call now at 615-844-5600. Oh, I need that. Now the McFarland Show with Darren and Justin. Second hour of the McFarland Show here on this windy Wednesday afternoon. Be safe out there. Darren and Justin here. Strike and Spare Family Fun Center Studio. Let's bring in our man Alex Stewart. Covers the Preds for A to Z Sports. Alex, NHL.com, that website still stinks. But so do the Islanders. Isn't that weird? And their GM is going, hey, that's on me. Huh. What's the common denominator? I wonder why they're, they're not as good this year. Hmm, let me think about it. Let's see. Let's see if the Washington Capitals can weigh in. You think they had maybe a similar experience? Anyway, I digress. Uh, this Predators team, they can't really uh, – they don't make it easy, do they? They don't ever make it like – you don't get to coast to the finish line with them in a 6-1 victory. You got to hold on and hang on pins and needles the whole time, but – that was a good game last night. Yeah, it just goes to show you you really can't take individual games, at least not for the most part, you can't take individual games uh, as, as too indicative of, of a team. You really have to look in chunks. And like last night, it, it, they they had a fairly complete game. I mean, it wasn't perfect, but but in terms of, I mean, all of the analytics, shots, expected goals, shot attempts, hits, things like that. I mean, they they kind of dominated the, the Winnipeg Jets, but if you watch the first period, you probably wouldn't think that just because Winnipeg, you know, got the early lead and and there was a lot of kind of muck in the middle, not a lot of action either end. But the Predators really turned it on in the second and third period. It, it, you know, that game, compare that with any of the recent, you know, four or five games, really looked kind of different. So if you think about that game in context of where the team is right now, it does feel like a trend in the right direction, but you know, as soon as we say that, you know, they have the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night, who are very good. You know, I, I could just as easily see a, a six-nothing blowout loss at home against New Jersey because there's just still something about this team that feels incomplete, and there's still moments where you watch them on the ice and you think, boy, there's not really much going on here that looks anything like anything good. So. I don't know if you had that same reaction, but it, it just it feels like there's definitely times where you see spots of, oh, this team could, could put it together, but then also gaps where it doesn't look complete. So, now, What you just told us is they just had two really good wins over L.A. and Winnipeg, two probably you know, two playoff teams, and you start to feel really good. You're starting to feel really good about them, Alex, so you're setting yourself up for a letdown is what you just told us. 
That, that's pretty much right. Yeah, if if the team comes out completely flat tomorrow, and then New Jersey just wipes the ice with them, it, it, I that's just be ready for that. I I don't think things are solved and that they have everything figured out because I just it's just not the case. Well, let, you know, look, they're they're like I said, those were two really good wins after the dud game in St. Louis. They had a you know players only meeting. What. You know, now that we're we're well past the, you know, well not well past it, but we're past the midway point. What are they? How many games do they have left? Thirty five? Is that right? I'm just doing this off the top of my head. Thirty. That, that sounds right. Yeah, Four, thir- forty eight games. Let's go with games in. Yeah, yeah thir- thirty five, thirty six, thirty four games somewhere in that window. Uh, you know, things are about to be. There's going to be a break, and then we're going to be in February. Okay, it's so. What what would you put your finger on? I mean, you. This team has shown what they're capable of. I mean, they can beat good teams. They can play really good hockey. And then they've also shown us that they can come out and be flat or not be able to hold on to a lead and, and come away with nothing. So wh- what do you put your finger on on you know what's been going on for the bulk of this season? Um, well, just first of all about the meeting uh, that they had, I, I do I just do want to clarify, it was not a players-only meeting. It was meeting. a team was, meeting. But you're right, you're right. It, it was players and coaches, yeah. and uh, and I, got, I, I, I was able to talk to several of the players about that meeting. And I, I think, and, you know, they didn't give me everything. They didn't say everything about the meeting. Of course, they're, you know, if you ask about who said what, they're, they're not going to tell you that. But, but from some of the things that I was able to infer from that meeting and hearing them talk about it, you know, I really think it starts with the top players, the big players, the, uh, the the top performers who are supposed to be the top performers, Roman Yossi, Ryan Johansson, Philip Forsberg, Mikhail Granlin, probably Matthew Shane, probably Matthias Ekholm, are all taking responsibility for not only the loss in Saint, against St. Louis, which was horrible just in terms of the result, but the, the general inconsistency. And I, I do get the feeling that that was a productive meeting. I mean, it did sound like – there were things that were talked about that maybe hadn't been before and were now out there, which is good. That, that sounds like that's, that's progress. Of course, you know, you wonder why did it take now? Why, why did it happen now? That's, that's sort of a, a careful area that I think probably the coaches probably had a better read on that. You know, when is the time to, to, to throw in that, okay, we need to call everyone in and really talk about what's going on. When, when do you do that? And so I guess last Saturday was the time. And, the on-ice stuff, Darren, I, I mean, I, I've looked at this team up and down. I, I really can't pinpoint a single particular thing that isn't working. It's just, as I've said before, I, I, I think with you guys, is it just seems like they don't have the one thing that they're doing well. I, they, they don't have, except for goaltending, except for goaltending, but goaltending doesn't lo- is what prevents you from losing. It doesn't actually go out there and win you games. You have to go score goals. So there's not one thing offensively, especially, that they're doing all that well. The power play is average to below average. The the forwards are good some nights, bad other nights. The lower-skilled players are just not good enough to consistently score or consistently good scoring chances. So there's just not a one thing that they're doing particularly good that is holding them back generally, I, I think, at this point. I'm hosting the, the players' show tonight in Cool Springs at, at Brewhouse South. Nino Niederreiter and Ryan McDonough are the, are the guests. I think those have been two really good signings. Ryan McDonough was obviously huge last night when Carrier went down. He he logged more minutes than any other defenseman last night, almost 27 minutes of ice time. I'm a little surprised. One, I want to know what you think of those two signings sitting here 
you know, this at this point in the season. And two, if you agree with me that they were really good signings, I wonder why they haven't been able to, I guess, elevate this team a little bit more than than what we we've seen thus far. Yeah, I I think that the obvious, well, may not the obvious, but the way I see it with those signings, they they were good. I mean, the, the McDonough was a trade, obviously. And let's not forget the you know part of the reason in that trade was. Uh, by the uh, way, they gave of, away nothing for that trade. Absolutely yeah, nothing. Right, exactly. They, they were they were taking on cap. They gave away nothing. They they basically got him for just uh, whatever he taking on his, his contract. contract. Yep, yep. Exactly, exactly. So it was a good it was a good exchange from that perspective. Nino Niederreiter signed kind of a at market or below average market uh, price, so that's good too. So the cost is not huge. But I, the, the impression I get about those particular two players is that they are kind of complementary pieces, right? I mean, they are – you put Nino Niederreiter in an all-star lineup, he's going to look incredible, right? He's got, he's got a lot of really good physical skills. He's good in front of the net. He can pass. He can shoot. He can do all those things well. But he's more of a complementary piece. He's, he's pretty good when playing next to other really good players. And McDonough, I think you could say the same thing for him. I mean, since his days in New York and then obviously winning a couple cups with, the, with Tampa, he was more of a complimentary defenseman. Not a, He was not the, the number one defenseman. That was Victor Hedman. That's pretty clear. He's not the number one defenseman here in Nashville. That's Roman Yossi. So I still think he's just kind of complimentary. It's not like he's bad. He's certainly a, a good defenseman. He's a good, good impact in that locker room and on the ice. But um, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I think these are complimentary pieces. To make them overall, you know, they have better talent in the room, but are they guys that the other teams have to really key in on? Like, oh, we got to really watch out for ninety for for twenty two because he's gonna he's gonna gonna get us if we don't won't watch him. We got to watch out for twenty seven because he, he can jump up in the rush. I don't think so. I, I think they're we're really still more worried about number fifty nine Roman Yossi and number nine Philip Forsberg than they are those two guys. Yeah, Tanner Janot is not gonna reach the goals that he did last year with twenty four. We know that. But he did get his fourth goal of the season last night, and it had been a pretty long drought since he had last scored. Do you think maybe a goal, uh, last night's goal, a little wraparound, uh, is something that maybe can spark him in that department? I know he's been doing other things and brings other things to the table, but do you, you know, they could use some production out of a guy like him who gave them production last year. You know, it's, it's really just a matter of numbers. I mean, he's getting the same amount of, he's having almost an exact same kind of season this year than last year, except for the, the pucks not going in. So, like, he's getting the sim- similar numbers of shots on goal per game, similar numbers of, t- of time on ice, uh, distance from the goal when he's shooting, all that kind of stuff. He's All of it's the same. The only difference is he's shooting 5% rather than 19%. So, uh, yeah, I, I do think it's probably coming. I mean, I, some of that is just luck. I mean, I, it's, it really sounds silly to say, but – this this game has a lot of luck in it, and he hasn't gotten a lot of it early on, and it's probably coming. Uh, the same thing happened to Matt Duchesne, if you remember, when he first got here. He was just really could not get, he could not score uh, consistently. And then last year has a 40-goal season. So I think Tanner Snow has probably got some more goals coming. He'll, he's not going to get to 24, like he said, but, um, you know, he'll, he'll get to double digits. And, you know, they've got, he's got plenty of time to do that. But I think he'll be in the 10 to 15-goal range by the end of the end of the season. So, as you know, sir, I've been on this hockey journey with you throughout the uh, year here. And what I would do in any other sport as we come down the stretch uh, towards playoff time is I would start to look at the schedule 
and try to figure out who are we chasing and how many games against those teams do we have left. Well, I've done so with your Nashville Predators, and the Predators are currently chasing uh, Calgary, Edmonton, and Minnesota for the last uh, two spots there in the NHL playoffs here for the wild cards, I guess, in this case. The problem is, Alex, they've got two games left against Minnesota, one game left against Calgary, and zero games left against Edmonton. How do they make up this ground? Yeah, I, I, they might have to start looking more at the Central Division than the wild card, and it's mm. only because of exactly what you said. There's just there's too many teams to jump in the wild card. There's too many teams that can come up or down. Um, I, I, I don't I don't think they can catch a team like Edmonton anyways. I mean, I think Edmonton's just better than them. I, it just They have more talent. They're probably going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to win in the playoffs more consistently than Nashville is just because of the elite level of talent they have. Um, but, but like a team like Minnesota, I mean, I don't see any reason the Nashville Predators couldn't catch up to them. I think the Predators could catch up to, to Winnipeg like they did last night. I think they really have to focus on the Central Division race at this point, not worry too much about the wild card because in the Central Division, it's pretty clear it seems like Dallas – and, and we can always count on Colorado, even though Colorado's had a ton of injuries. Dallas and Colorado are the, the cream of the crop. And then there's St. Louis, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Nashville. One of those teams is going to fly up to the third position. I just If the Nashville Predators can get hot at the right time after this all-star break, I think they could beat those three teams. I mean, remember— They're, they're, the trailing, they're trailing Winnipeg by 11 points. Am, am I looking at this the right way? So Winnipeg will be a tough one to catch, but no, I, I don't think that's that's difficult, especially because if you consider that, I think they match up better with them. I, mm. I really do. I, I, I maybe Winnipeg's not the example, but but Minnesota, St. Louis, they can catch those teams pretty easily. They they beat St. Louis earlier than, in the year six to one. Uh, they, they can they can catch a team like St. Louis. The wild card might be might be one route to go do it, but I I just feel like they can probably still get that third place in the in the central to catch it. Okay. Uh, wanted to uh, chat about, you know, obviously as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, I, I wanted to gauge your feelings on whether or not the, the, the Predators are moving one way or the other as far as being buyers or sellers or just uh, standing pat with uh, the hand they have. So there was some talk a while ago that Dante that they might move Dante Fabro. I think the, the feeling that I get right now is that that probably won't happen. Because I, I feel like if they are in a position where they're winning more games and they come up to the trade deadline in early March, in, a, in about a month, David Poyle is not going to want to move a top, a top defenseman or a, a, you know, a, a, a starting defenseman, I guess we should say, uh, at the deadline if his team's winning. And that's the situation that Nashville has been in for so long now where they get in this, this groove where they start winning and and then all of a sudden they're they're either staying the same team or they're buying. I, I do not think that they're going to get in a position where they want to buy. I don't think David Poyle thinks that. I, I I don't I don't think there's any way he could buy at the deadline. Like any Bo Horvat talk is. That was just, a, that's I where I was going. You don't buy it. Yeah, I don't I, either. I, I don't buy that at all. I don't think that's going to happen. There's no way it, it, buying another player like that at the deadline, even if there's a tri- a signing agreement ahead of it. I think David Poyle is probably done with signing trade situations uh as he's done in the past so i i think that they they the more likely scenario is that they stay the same team that they don't trade and they don't maybe a small minor move you know a really really 
boring move just to say they did something. Uh, but but I don't think they make any any big splashes either way. It'll be interesting uh, tomorrow night to see how that plays out before the break. Alex, we appreciate the visit as always. Thanks for doing this. We'll talk soon. Of course. Uh, yep. See you later. All right. Alex Doherty covers the Preds for A to Z Sports. Good stuff from him. Mm-hmm. 35 games to go in the season. Yes. And uh, they still, you know, hope springs eternal for the playoffs still with a couple of different routes. Uh as we were discussing there. So, you know, they're not done, done, but they they got some work to do. Yeah, it just seems like, you know, the goaltending has been, without a doubt, the bright spot. Yes. Right? And then everything else, it depends on the night. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Consistently inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a fair way of putting it. (laughs) Some nights the the defense is good. Some nights, you know, the offense is good. Some nights special teams is good. And some nights – you pick a category, it's not – I mean, it's just – goaltending has been the only consistent, solid thing all year. Yeah, uh, but, you know, they got – to me – It's hard to win 2-1 in today's game. You know, I, yeah, we've talked about that. this. Yeah, you've like been on that. You've been on that. Look, their last – is that right? Let me look this up real quick. Last three home wins, have they not been 2-1 games? Uh, I haven't kept track of Let that me, in that way. I mean, I know they won 2-1, and then they had those – Two two one victories before they went to St. Louis. I'm pretty sure. No, no, they had the a home the, win the against one, Los Angeles. Yeah, the LA was five three, but so three, two, out yeah, four, three, three out of four. Three out of four home wins have been two one games, and and they have more home than road games remaining. It would seem. Um, so that could be another good sign for for the team, and they've been much better at home than they have been on the road this year, uh, by considerable margin. And they lost to Toronto two one, and that that tough loss with a late goal. It's just again in this in today's game, it's just hard. It's you're you're trying. It's like, you know, it's no different in NFL or college football. If you're trying, you know, that's why I've poked fun at the Big Ten. It's like Iowa. Like you're, are you really trying to win games ten to seven? Like good luck in today's college football landscape. Mm-hmm. Trying to win week in and week out ten to seven, thirteen to ten. Good luck. Sounds like the argument I've been making about the Titans. Right, and that's and that's and look how that ended. You know, it's just seven and ten. You're running the football like this now. It's, seven and ten. It's tough. You know, no playoffs. We're not playing like that anymore. Yeah, we're wide open the rest of the way. If you want to jump in there and talk with us, six one five eight four four fifty six hundred is our number. Eight four four fifty six hundred. More of the McFarland Show here on this Wednesday next. Located at 5410 Murfreesboro Road in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers is one-stop shopping for all your liquor, beer, and wine needs and has been a multiple winner annually in the best of Rutherford County voting for best liquor store and top wine shop. Featuring the lowest prices, the best customer service with unsurpassed knowledge, City Slickers offers the largest craft beer selection in Rutherford and southeastern Davidson counties and has beer on tap at its Growler Filling Station. City Slickers also sells mixers, sodas, snacks, tobacco products, and the Tennessee Lottery and can place special orders and assist with all your events and even wedding planning. Make sure you follow City Slickers on all their social media or just give them a call at 615-280-7469. That's 615-280-7469. Located in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers. 
Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. Call 800-715-9880. That's right. Annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling today. Call 800-715-9880. That's 800-715-9880. Sponsored by Annuity General, producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full-time. Golfers, tee it up this Thursday through Sunday at Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the Callaway Fitting Event and be the first to score the new Paradigm Woods and Irons. The woods are engineered with forged carbon to maximize distance and forgiveness. The irons feature a forged face for increased launch speed and spin. A new paradigm in performance. Go to WorldwideGolfShops.com and reserve your free custom fitting experience happening this Thursday through Sunday. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. Nashville Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM has been your home for sports for 20 years. From typewriters to Twitter, fax machines to Facebook, we have you covered 24-7 and on the go. Finding us online is as easy as at Nash Sports Radio. Twitter, at Nash Sports Radio. SoundCloud, at Nash Sports Radio. Facebook, at Nash Sports Radio. Or search your app store for WNSR. 20 years of sports. Anytime, anywhere. From Nashville Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. I mentioned I'll be in Cool Springs a little bit later tonight. Yes. From 6 to 7, Predators Players Show. Nino Niederreiter and Ryan McDonough, very special guests. Nice. Brewhouse South. In the back end of the uh, Cool Springs Galleria. Very cool. Back end area. Very, very cool. If you're familiar with Cool Springs. Yes. And the mall. Yes. Been out there quite a few times over the years. Uh, But very cool. Very cool opportunity to catch up with a couple of uh, really prime players for this organization as uh, they try to make this playoff push here, if that's what we're going to call it. So this morning. Yeah. I saw this. Mm Mm-hmm. And this was, I believe, Jeremy Fowler's piece on ESPN Plus. Okay. Okay. So a little paywall, right? You got to pay for this. And so that comes with a subscription. Yeah, you okay. need to pay for that. Yes. Off-season quarterback movement. Well, and what he did Speculation. Is okay. He caught, well, he caught up with league executives. Okay. Off the record. Oh, one of those. Well, okay. I got you. Off the record as in their names. I understand. But I understand. On the record with what they say, right? Very just, cool. Understood. Just anonymously. Understood. So caught up with league executives and said, okay, I've got some quarterbacks. Would you tell me where they end up? So I'll throw the quarterback out to you, and you tell me where you think the league oh. executives said they're going to end up. Well, that's tough. But okay? okay, we'll try it. All right. It's tough. Tom Brady. Where does Tom Brady end up? Yeah. Back where's in he, Tampa. Where is he playing next season? Back in Tampa. Back in Tampa. They did not say that. Okay. They have him in Sin City. Okay. 
there. Which is the other spot that most people yes, have him in, either back in Tampa most or people there in Las Vegas. The yeah. Raiders, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about Derek Carr? Now he is the real wide open wild card here, um, almost anywhere. Um, I'm going to say the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers. Nope. No. How about the AFC South? The Texans? The Texans. Interesting. Obviously, his brother David yeah. was the number one pick overall by the yeah, Texans back at the beginning. Yeah. And they almost got him killed. What, what, what did they go? So, so I don't know why his brother would want to go what, there. What, what did they go do with him? What do you go do with 31-year-old Derek Carr yeah. in, with the, uh, the Texans? A shell of a roster. I, I don't – I said the Panthers on purpose. The, the Panthers, to me, were the second-place team in the, in the NFC South – a competitive, but not as good as Tampa. Clearly, to, to win the division, but a couple of you know pieces away, he can give them some consistency at at quarterback. Uh, they've got uh, the the wide receiver there, who's a, a nice piece, I believe. They got some offensive weapons, solid running game. I think he would do well in Carolina, but they don't have a coach either. But neither do the Texans, so you know. Okay, Lamar Jackson. Oh well. I think Lamar, and there's been a lot of speculation about Lamar going to the Jets, um, but, you know, that's all purely speculation. I think Lamar stays in Baltimore somehow. They have him on the move. Okay. Then the Jets. Falcons. How about that? The Falcons. I know. How about that? Well, I will say this. The Atlanta Falcons uh, do have – the fan base in the history for a Lamar Jackson. And, you know, when I say that, what I mean is Michael Vick uh, is the, you know, sort of the, uh, you know, the the primer for a Lamar Jackson type of situation down there. Uh, the only thing I have to think about that is, is, is the head coach down there, Arthur Smith, does he want Lamar Jackson? I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. Over what he's got, I would say. Well, yes. I thought they wanted to try with the 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 young kid uh, Ritter down there, and if they don't believe in him, then you know, I guess so. But are you going to give Lamar Jackson? What, I mean, I don't know what they are dealing with with the cap and all that. I don't know where they are, but it would. I don't know. I if they got enough money for all of that. They're in decent. Position they don't or they have wouldn't. any high price guys. You but know. they remember they had to pay. They had to eat a lot of dead cap with Matt Ryan. Yeah, but oh, that's over now. He's is you know, it over the, now? Well, it's it, been the it full one year. year. Yeah, it's so the, it was the just full a year? year. Yeah. Okay. And finally, yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going back to Green Bay. I, I just don't feel that. Um, if you watched him on his Pat on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Didn't seem like it. No. And and if I was Green Bay, you know, you kind of get to a point here where you got to, just like they did with Brett Favre, by the way. Right. The problem is I don't believe Jordan Love is going to – they think he's the next Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't I'm not think. sure they think he is either. But at some point, they have to find out, don't they? And, you know, yeah. I, and, you know, and sometimes the only way to find out is putting them out there and letting them sink or swim one that way or the other. Great. So, so that. that you know, that yeah. you know, that you know, that you know. 
um, whether or not he's the guy. So where is he going to end up? That's an interesting question. I would say, hmm, you know, as crazy as, as this sounds, what about Miami for him? Nope. The Miami Dolphins. Nope. I guess they're sticking with their, their guy they got. But, okay. What do you think? You're over. Yeah. AFC South. Oh, no. Come on now. He's not going to the Colts. He's not doing that. Well, there's still one more team you have to name, but, I mean, I haven't said yes or no. But, I mean, there is one the, more the team. Tennessee the Tennessee Titans? I'm just saying there's one more team <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in the AFC South. I mean, listen, if, if Aaron Rodgers ends up coming here. I didn't say that it was – I just said there was – there is another – because you act like, oh, Colts, that's the last team in the AFC South. I said, well, there is well, another we're team. We're putting Derek Carr down in Houston, and we're putting <laughs> – you know, he's not going to Jacksonville to replace Trevor Lawrence. No. And if you're saying there's another team in the NFC, uh, the AFC South, after I've named the Indianapolis Colts, that that leaves <laughs> the team down the street. No, but it wasn't the Titans. It was the Colts. Okay. Which kind of surprised me. Like I kind of thought they they've given up on that. That track. would that would shock me if they went that route. Yeah. But, after or, I don't again, know if their fan base can take it anymore. This is league executives, but it is Aaron Rodgers. I mean. Yeah. Does sure. anybody really think that, you know, I mean, he's everybody views him better than Philip Rivers, better than Matt uh Matt Ryan, better than what else have they done? All these one and done. Uh Carson Wentz. Oh boy. You I mean, I mean, right? I mean, listen, the problem with half the guys that you've named or half the organizations that you've named is some of them don't even have head coaches. Let alone, you know, <laughs> having quarterbacks. Carolina interviews, I think, three a day. Yeah. I don't know. I've lost, honestly, I think it's nine coaches they've interviewed. Yeah. You're talking the to Colts have interviewed more than nine. Yeah. I hear they've talked to a dozen people. The, or the Colts? Yeah. Yeah. They've interviewed more than Carolina. Yeah. I yeah. saw today where Carolina's looking for an experienced guy, so it doesn't look like they're going for the up-and-comer. I see Frank Wright's name a lot around the Carolina job as of late. Um, but, you know, if they want an experienced guy, don't they already – Steve Wilkes is already there as the experienced guy. I would, I mean, not as much experience as Frank Wright, but if you want to go that route. If, but if you want to go offense, listen, you got to find a quarterback. It's not enough just to hire Frank Wright so he can come in there and do what? I mean, he's going to come in there and coach Sam Darnold. Do you think Sam Darnold's got a future there? Um you know, it's it's really hard uh, to find these combinations. But to me, finding the quarterback is harder than finding the coach. If you can find a quarterback, you can find yourself a coach. But, the, you know, these quarterbacks are coming very hard to come by. Quarterbacks are going to actually change your franchise. Quarterbacks are going to make a big impact. Quarterbacks are going to get 34 million people watching, you know, on a Saturday afternoon. Is Carolina's roster more equipped than Green Bay's? I it's so when I think it's about about the same. Then why would he go to care? You know what you I mean? Know, it's, to me, if he's if he's getting out of Green Bay, doesn't he have to go somewhere where he's got a real like? To well, me, like I'm surprised there's not more rumor about him going to the Raiders with Devontae Adams being there. The, here, here's the issue with the Raiders. If you go to the Raiders, you still got the big bag, the big bad boogeyman in Kansas City to deal with in Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. 
if you go to the NFC South, you don't have that. No. You don't have to deal with Patrick Mahomes twice a year. And you may, you're probably not even have to deal with Tom Brady twice a year. You know, you're dealing with the with the Saints and the Falcons and what you know whatever else. With, well, nobody's got a quarterback. Yeah, it, it's so it would seem to me like Brady's going to be on the move. He's either retiring or he's gone. But if you're looking for the path of least resistance to the the Super Bowl, uh, to me the NFC South is a good place to go instead of fooling around with Patrick Mahomes and whatever's left of Russell Wilson one way or the other in Denver. I, I'd rather go to the AFC South or the uh, the NFC South myself. Uh, if that's the choice, I, but yeah. I don't go to the Raiders. That's I mean, a fair point. I mean, what are we what are we doing out there <laughs> with Patrick Mahomes twice a year? Unless we have found a way to deal with that. And Justin Herbert. And Justin and Justin Herbert and out there Wilson. in Los Angeles. Whatever I, you want to go. Whatever Russell Wilson is. If, if I got a choice, I don't yeah. want to go fooling around with them. Yeah. You know, What's just that? you know, put me in the dome, one of the domes down there in the, in the NFC South with the nice weather, and, and I'd rather deal with them. If he wants to get out, he should look at one of the South divisions, right? Either AFC or NFC. Yeah, I would. Go to a weak division. Yeah, you know, the 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 AFC South is probably going to have two rookie quarterbacks uh, next year and two head coaches in their very first year. Now, first-year head coaches can be extremely dangerous. We've seen what Brian Dayball did this past season in New York, uh, and you know some of the other first-year guys that get in make a lot of noise. I just don't know if you know the the Colts or the Texans are ready to make that much noise here in the very first year. Rookie runs are tough to do at quarterback. Look, the Colts is not a bad landing spot. He's got a premier running back in Jonathan Taylor. He's very good. He's got a number one receiver in Michael Pittman. Mm-hmm. And you know, I got some, I got some decent receivers. But who's the that. head coach there? Well, that's the problem, right? Who's, I mean, I don't if know. Jeff Saturday is the head it, coach, right, yeah. you know, and Jeff Saturday, and, and the problem with Jeff Saturday being the head coach is he has shown now, a couple of different times, the ability to blow second half leads in amazing ways. The fourth quarter against Dallas is unbelievable, and the second half against Minnesota this year for them was just. It was literally historic. <laughs> so I don't know if you can ever fully trust him now as a head coach with those kinds of things on his resume. Yeah, that's, I mean that's a fair point. I I don't I don't know what they're doing. It's Jim Irsay. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. So, but and, is know. Jeff Saturday? Is it crazy that he's back? No, again, no, it's Jim no, Irsay. No, no, no. It's the Colts. No. I mean, it's not crazy that he's back. No. no. He can go and listen, it, they weren't a dumpster fire. The fact that they were competitive with most of the games that they played, it wasn't like they were completely, you know, unable to do anything. No, they were competitive. They just couldn't finish games. And I know Jeff Saturday's been trying to make the sell that, you know, well, if I was in charge full time, you know, a lot of these things would have never happened because I would have done it differently and blah, blah, blah. You know, and that's that's what you expect him to say. Um, but if you're them, it would seem, and, and, here, and here's the deal, Darren, who's willing to start over? And, and that's going to be the hard part. The, the Buffalo Bills GM is going crazy on Twitter right now because he said something earlier today about Jamar Chase in that, well, I don't want to, you know, suck bad enough to draft Jamar Chase is what he said. Um, and it's not a it's it's a backward shot at the Bengals, but not. I mean, he's just saying that. Well, the Bengals should be good 
because they had really high draft picks because they've yeah. been really bad. That's Joe Burrow was the number one pick on the draft. So at Mar some Chase point, was what top three? Top? I don't know. He was five. Five? Yeah. Well, you don't get those picks accidentally. Unless you stink. <laughs> and he, and he's saying I don't want to be that bad to go get those caliber of players. So who is willing to do what the Chicago Bears did? They traded away two Pro Bowl defensive players to get draft picks and to get bad <laughs> so they can get the number one pick overall so Try they can get better. so they can get better. Yeah. But you got to be willing to do that. And you got to have a fan base willing to stick with you through that who's not going to want to throw rocks at you the whole time. Yeah. And I don't think they're in the mood for that in Indianapolis, which is why they keep doing this patchwork uh, type of stuff here that they've been doing. So we'll, we'll see. I don't know. And if you start using that word, you affect the fan base and ticket sales. And your head coach is going, oh, that's great. Well, I'm, I'm going to get fired because we're going to be awful. Like, well, it's I, a I chance can't. to start over. It's a chance to start over in Houston, a chance to start over in Indianapolis with brand-new head coaches, rookie quarterbacks, yep. and let them rise together yep. is the idea. All right, we'll come back. More of the McFarland Show here on this Wednesday. 615-844-5600, Nashville Sports Radio. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. Subscription required. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 90% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to 4 slash joy. At HIMS, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the biggest brands at 90% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but 90% cheaper. It's the same medication you get from your doctor, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4 slash joy. That's 4 slash joy for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control of your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problem now by calling the experts at U.S tax shield and take advantage of the fresh start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future u.s tax shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today u.s tax shield is a plus rated with the better business bureau so call now 800-785-9132 that's 800-785-9132 U.S. Tax Shield, 800-785-9132. We're going to get into our routine with Daily Tennessee Jackpot. You got a dollar? Let's have some fun with it. Let's get those numbers going. How many are we picking? And one. And two. And three. And four. And five. Let's go. All of us Tennesseans are having fun now. Let's play and play. Work out a win with drawings every day when you play Daily Tennessee Jackpot. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. It's a Bill King Show. I just, I, if Nick coached another seven, eight years, I would not be shocked at all. 
I wouldn't be. Now, I'm not predicting it because I don't think you can predict that kind of thing. We don't know that. If he coached to 80, I would not be flabbergasted. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. Congratulations, Scott Rowland. Mm-hmm. He's going to Cooperstown. He's going to join Fred McGriff. Yes. Baseball has got an interesting little situation going on here. Uh, and I guess what's just going to happen is we're just going to wait until all of the steroid era players just age out, I guess. There'll just be a page in in history. Um of something that didn't happen. Uh, that's all I can, you know, I can basically think of here uh, because they're not going to, they've made it very clear. They're not letting any of these guys in the Hall of Fame. They're just not. You know, Gary Sheffield, not letting them in. Just not going to do it. Um, was he Was he a part, I mean, Gary Sheffield? Yeah, he was, well, he admitted to doing which is Did why he? he's not in. Okay, I didn't. I didn't remember that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I know the usual suspects. There were so suspects. many of them. Though. I know. I mean, so I feel like I don't remember. So when did did he get popped? I, I, I he, I need to look it up. Okay, because I, I don't remember Gary Sheffield. I think he admitted to doing something. Okay, um, which you know has uh, you know been been a problem. Um, you know, well, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Here, two thousand four, Gary Sheffield unknowingly used steroids. Okay. I don't remember that story. Uh, and on MLB.com here in uh, October of 2004. Hmm. Um, so, you know, so his 507 home runs is not getting in. Hmm. And, you know, we both remember Gary Sheffield. Gary Sheffield's a Hall of Fame. Gary Sheffield's a Hall of Fame He's player. Hall of <laughs> I mean, he just is. <laughs> of course he is. Yeah. But they've decided we're not doing this. Hmm. And they've decided that Scott Rowland, and Fred McGriff, and nothing against either one of those guys who've had outstanding careers. Neither one is Gary Sheffield, by the no. way. No disrespect. No disrespect. Look, I think Fred McGriff and Scott Rowland are in the Hall of really, really good. Are they Hall of Fame? I mean, I, I look. I know the resumes. I don't need it. I, I get eight gold gloves. I get it. Look, I, I, I watched them both. I've been, I've been to many, many games over the years where they played. Okay, I, I'm familiar with their talents. They're very, very good. Did I ever think they were Hall of Famers? I didn't. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure I ever really thought that. I mean, Scott Rowland. Look, I don't. Here, here's where I am with this. Yeah, I don't have a problem rewarding guys that did, you know, the stuff that isn't glamorous. Scott Rowland was a great third baseman, mm-hmm. right? And that doesn't typically make the highlight reels, right? Because no. all we see is, you know, home runs and or a Which great catch. he had catch some of that. Yeah, yeah no. Quite a few of that. Actually, you know, I think 434. No, quite a few. I don't think he was in the 400s. He didn't get 400. No, I don't think he was in the 400s. But, look, still a very, uh, you know, he was offensively, he was good. He was good. Was he great? No. But he was really good offensively. He was a good base runner. Smart player, defensively locked down at third base. 
So, you know, I, I'm okay. I understand that. I, I don't want to poop because, you know, it is more than just the stats. It -hmm. is. But I mean, if I'm just being totally honest, I, I can't say that I ever thought Scott, you know, Scott Rowland. Oh yeah. Cooperstown. Oh no, he's not a no doubter. No, 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 not at all. Um, the other person that did not get in that was really close this year was Todd Helton, uh, who had, let's see. I think they said 72% of the no vote. No players ever gotten that close and not gotten in. Um, I, well, I think Roland was closer than that. Roland no. last year, last year, Roland was, I think, 73%. No. 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 In fact, because I, I watched a lot of the coverage last night. In fact, Roland, it's quite a story. And I think it probably has a lot to do with what you said where they're just penalizing the guys that are, you know, under that dark cloud of PEDs, and they're starting to reward these other guys. Scott Rowland, several years ago, was, when you think about percentage of votes and everything, he was miles away from Cooperstown. Oh, my, yeah. He made, he made quite the climb here of late. There was a real, real, basically a late surge or strong push him late he wasn't a guy that every year was like man I can't believe Scott Rowland got that close and no. didn't get in no actually most people are going he ain't getting in no um the other but guy, I think what again yeah, what I think I think they're just rewarding these guys that don't have any clouds over their head right yeah that they're just that they're viewed as doing it on the up and up now do they view Omar Vizquel as a his numbers actually went down and I don't get it. I covered Omar Vizquel. I covered Omar Vizquel in Cleveland. And in my opinion, he is he is arguably the best defensive short, shortstop I've say ever seen. He was known for defense, though. Yes. But his off it's not like the guy couldn't hit off a tee. Yeah. He, his offensive numbers are not, they're just as good as Ozzie Smith. In fact, I think I've looked this up before. I think his numbers are wow. better. Than Ozzie Smith. It's a different era of ball there. I mean, and so I think they were judging things a little bit differently at that particular moment. Uh, whether that's fair or unfair, uh, you know, I think th- I've heard the school of thought that that Ozzie got too much credit. Um, right, because he had flair. Yeah. It was more of a media darling a little yeah. bit yep. and uh, got a lot of credit for that, which we have now found out that goes a long way. Sure it does. You can, you can do a whole lot with that. Um. I just find it, you know, interesting. Todd Helton was on the doorstep with seventy-two percent there, and I like Todd Helton a lot. Looking at the numbers, he's he's not a Hall of Fame guy. He's just not. Um, but I guess we're redefining what Hall of Fame is now, uh, which is my larger point here. As we allow, if we're gonna let Fred McGriff and Scott Rowland in, then yeah, I guess Todd Helton belongs too. Yeah. If that if that's the new criteria, if that's the standard, don't forget. No, the standard was set a year or two ago. Who was it they let in? Oh man, I'm drawing blanks, and I'm like, well, if that's the new standard, man, just open up the door because if he is what we're going off of, who was it? It's, it's about a, it was in it last year or two, and I was like, really? Mm. Oh, I'm drawing blanks. I'm trying to. I'll look it up. Trying to find it here real quick, but. You know, it's. I mean, I I don't know what you do. I don't know what now. To to the other thing about Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner, 
is one of only six players in the history of baseball with 400 saves. He's a closer. That's what he did. And I think there's some people who are having a hard time swallowing the fact that closers are now part of the game. And if you are a great closer, then that is part of the game that should be allowed in the Hall of Fame. Billy Wagner qualifies as one of the best closers of all time. And not to let him in the Hall of Fame, I, I don't know what the justification for that is. How, how do you justify that? I mean, what what is he missing that the other guys have had to get into the Hall of Fame in a class that wasn't exactly stacked? No. So it's not like, oh, well, you know, maybe next year he'll have an, I mean, what, what, what What do you want from him? What, what more does he need to do with 422 saves? Yeah. In the history of baseball. Uh, Billy Wagner is a Hall of Famer. I mean, what do, what do you want the guy to do? I watched his whole career. He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, all of this is getting a little silly yeah, to, 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 to a certain degree. And it harms the integrity of the Hall. It harms the integrity of, integrity of the game. We used to know who was great. It used to be pretty clear a few years ago. And the PEDs have just messed everything up now. And now we're questioning everything now. We're questioning everything. We don't know who's what. A bunch of the guys that would have normally gone in, and there is the list is probably 20 guys long Mm -hmm. who would have been in the Hall of Fame are not in and not going. And that leaves – Or at least not anytime soon. Not anytime soon. And that leaves the generation behind us with a lot to fill in. Yeah. Because if you're Devlin over here, and I don't want to pick on Devlin who's, you know, in his 20s, you know, he. I don't. I don't. What, what do you tell him? I don't know. I mean, what, you look at Gary Sheffield well, you, and you, you say Gary at, Sheffield's not getting in. Well, really, it's the conversation is more about people in our wheelhouse, like Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds and Rafael Palmero and sure. all these guys that we can Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, all yeah. the, right, and say Barry Bonds and say what? Well, those are the guys that we all watched and viewed as superstars and Hall of Famers and. Yeah. None of them are in the Hall of Fame. No. And I guess what's going to happen is eventually we'll move on to Albert Pujols and, you know, Mike Trout and today's stars when they start to get in. And this will be just something that happened a little while ago. Well, it'll be up to the Veterans Committee then. Yeah, well, I think it's pretty in. clear where They're they are gonna, on right, this. They're not going to let them in. You know, yeah. I, you know and, and it's going to start It's going to start bending the rules now, the veterans are going to be, you know, I don't know who, but a bunch of borderline guys. Back to wrap up the show next. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes or overweight or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-529-2856. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800 800-529-2856. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds too. 
For affordable term life, call 800-529-2856. They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund. Thousands in weekly prizes during the Double Your Refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money. So forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4223. Visit jacksonhewitt.com for rules. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on. If you're a man in this situation, consider contacting Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men navigate complex legal matters for 30 years. Contact Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Nashville area attorneys, a partner men can count on. 810 Crescent Center Drive, Suite 160, Franklin, Tennessee, 37067. Online at CordellCordell.com. As a professional realtor in Nashville for more than 40 years, Richard Courtney is one of the city's top-ranked real estate brokers. He's also the author of two books and the real estate columnist for the Nashville Ledger. What does all of this mean to you as a home buyer or seller? Expert knowledge, guidance, and trust. Give Richard Courtney a call today at 615-300-8189. That's 615-300-8189 or online at richardcourtney.com. This is the Greg Pogue and John Burton Show. Mickey Yates is here, ladies and gentlemen. As a fan of both of the men, this is the place to be. Do you want to know about sports? This is the place to be. Listen to John and Greg. This is it. Wow. That was awesome. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> no, I'm done. That's, that's, a, a, that's a mic drop. That's a mic Greg Pogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. Talk Tennessee earlier. They'll be back on the hardwood tonight. Hosting Georgia. Georgia. Of course, Georgia was coming off that uh, loss to Vanderbilt. So Mm -hmm. we'll see if they can bounce back in Tennessee, see if they can keep things rolling. Of course, they'll have their big tilt college game day on Saturday when they host Tejas, the Texas Longhorns. The basketball version of college game day. Yep. Also tonight, Texas A&M. At Auburn. I bring that up okay. because since Bruce Pearl's been at Auburn, mm-hmm. they're really, really good again. And I don't really hear anybody talking about them. Well, they're, they're dare I say, flying under the radar. Like, who's really talking about Auburn? They're 16 and 3. All the attention's been at Alabama and Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, because, and on, Auburn's kind of been doing this, but I don't think anybody really believes Auburn is going to make a run. For whatever the reason. Why? They have in the past. I, they have. Been in the Final Four. I, I Should have won. I don't know. Should have won that game. I don't know. Blew it. It's uh, it's very interesting to see who the darlings are and why, for whatever the reason, they are, you know, as they pick and choose. Uh, because we're in that season. We're seeing just more and more teams get more and more attention and other teams which is, I guess, what makes the tournament so fun and what makes dark horses in the tournament. Because you look up and go, wow, Auburn's 24-4? and four? Yeah. When did that happen? Have they been good this year? Apparently, they've been good all year. Well, who knew? So. Yeah, they're 6-1. and one. They're only trail Alabama. Uh, they're tied with Tennessee, second-best record in conference play in the conference. But really, nobody's talking about them. 
well, how much fun is the SEC basketball tournament going to be when it gets here in March? Yep. Uh, I mean, you got a, a lot of great matchups that are going to happen down there at Bridgestone Arena. So it's going to be a, a lot of fun to have all of that in town. It always is. But you're bringing up the fact that the SEC right now is very top-heavy with those particular teams, um, which is going to create very compelling matchups down the stretch. By the way, Texas A&M also flying under the radar. Really, nobody's talking about them either. How good yeah. are they? They're 5-1 and one in conference play, 13-6 and six overall. Well, they got a pretty good coach. Yeah. They had a lot of success. How about this? And I don't know. I don't know right off the top of my head. When's the last time an SEC team that wasn't Kentucky won the whole thing? Won the NCAA tournament? Yeah. And Like and, I said, Auburn not too long ago went to the Final Four, lost and, heartbreaker to what was it, Virginia? Yeah, I, I only bring it up because – Florida. I mean, Florida won back-to-back. Yeah, but that was, what, 15, 20 years ago almost? Wow. Well, you know, Billy Donovan and Joe Kim Noah and all that. Arkansas, they've won them. Well, that was even further back. Nolan Richardson, good grief. I'm just saying that the SEC is going to have to actually start winning the whole thing for people to take it seriously as a basketball conference that's capable of doing damage. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, they have it. They don't have a lot of cutting down the nets. No, no. They're, they're like, On their you resume. Know, like the, you know, the, the Pac-12 in football. Like they do in other sports. Yes. Baseball and football in particular. And others. Gymnastics. Yes. Swimming. Oh, yeah. Volleyball. Very good. All right. That'll do it for our show today. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We look forward to being back with you tomorrow starting at 2 o'clock. Stay tuned. Afternoon Stretch is next.